Well, amen. Appreciate that. And I looked up at the clock when the music was over, and it would have been 50 minutes of me preaching, and we don't want to hear that tonight. Amen. And uh, so we're going to make an adjustment on that for sure and make sure we have enough stuff to fill. Somebody help me tonight. And, uh, but we're glad you're here tonight, Matt. I appreciate you singing that song. And if you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to continue our series on great faith. And uh, Matt did a great job last week in um, uh, preaching, and I'm thankful for that. Matthew chapter number 6, we'll dive right in tonight. And as we begin to talk about faith, I think one of the greatest uh, things concerning faith is, uh, for the Christian is our prayer lives. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6, and we'll read verses 9 um, through verse number 15. Matthew chapter number 6, and look at verse number 9. says this after this manner therefore pray ye our father which are in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Those last two verses. Um, and I want to talk tonight. We're going to look at. We're going to break down this text and really just teach through a little bit. Talk about having great faith when it comes to prayer. I believe that if uh, our faith, I know Matt talks a little about about faith is real faith goes to action, and that's something I've preached a lot about. We've studied James chapter number 4 or 5, I believe, where real faith isn't something you think, it's not just something you feel, it's not just something you believe, real faith is something that you do. And that, I think that, that goes along with this idea of prayer. I believe if we really had the faith that God would have us to have, guess what we're going to do? If we really believe He answers prayer, if we really have faith of that, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. And here He gives us um, really some insight on, on prayer, this model prayer. We're going to look at um, a couple things that really I believe can help us practically when it comes to prayer from this text. And we're going to go right through this text tonight and give some really, really stuff that really helped me today as I was studying this, as I was going through this today about this model prayer. One of the greatest privileges of the Christian life that you and I have is prayer. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a preacher. We don't have to go through somebody else. You and I have access to God ourselves. We can talk to Him personally each one of us if we've been saved by the grace of God I mean we can go into his presence and we can talk to him notice first of all the person of prayer look at the first verse here look at verse number nine if you have your Bibles open after this manner therefore pray so he's he's saying hey if you want to pray pray like this now I know a lot of people that will recite this prayer and repeat this prayer and I've heard people say you shouldn't do that there's nothing wrong with that I think it's a good thing to work through this prayer and look what it says look at the person of the prayer right off the bat who, is, who, are we to, who are we praying to when we pray? Who are we praying to? Our Father. Man, we're talking to our Father God. Now, when we think about who that really is, the depth of who that is, that isn't some genie in a bottle, okay? That, that is, man, that's not a genie in a lamp. That's not some, you know, wish thing we're, we're throwing out there. No, we're talking to our Father, the Creator, Jehovah God, God in heaven, the one who created all things, the one who gives life, the one who is sovereign, the one who's in control. So as we pray, we must understand the person of our prayer is God Himself. We have the privilege to talk to our Heavenly Father, man, to God. And look what it says. 
Man, our Father which art in heaven, and we understand this, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Listen, thy, notice this. So we see the person of our prayer, our Father, and then notice the purpose of our prayer is this. Look at it. Thy will be done. So we're praying to the Father for His will to be done. That's the purpose of our prayer, is for God's will to be done. And then he says in verse number 11 here, give us this day our daily bread. So when we think about that phrase or that verse, we're asking God for something. And in, in, in this verse, we're asking Him for bread. Okay, now, it's symbolizing something here. It's not really saying, God, give me some, you know, some white bread or some bagels today, although that's not a bad thing. Somebody help me. You know, what, he's, what, what, what Jesus is saying here is, man, give us this day our daily bread. Man, give us those things that we need. Part of our prayer should be, God, provide for us. And aren't you thankful that He's a great provider tonight? Listen, He provides. He knows what we need. I was talking to one of our teenagers before church tonight, and they're like, preacher, and I love this. I thought this was cool. He's like, look at this verse I've been studying. I don't know if he was just kind of kiss up or not, okay? But he, he you know, because that's how teenage boys probably do sometimes. But he's like, here's this verse I've been looking at, and it was this verse. It was Matthew 6, 33, which says, Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you were to go back and study the context of that verse, these things, guess what the, these things he's talking about? The food that we need daily. Man, the clothes that's on our back. Talking about the provision that we need. So Jesus here says this, we're praying to our Father, listen, for His will to be done, man, that He will give us the provision that we need. And then look at, look, look on that, look at verse number, number 12, you got it open, this is awesome. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. So the person of our prayer, our Father, the purpose of our prayer, thy will be done. The provision of our prayer, give us our daily bread. And now the pardon of our prayer, forgive us of our debts. And aren't you thankful that, man, he has forgiven us. Man, he has forgiven us. Man, he is the great forgiver. And then he says this in verse number 13, lead us not into temptation, but notice these words, but deliver us from evil. Man, the protection of our prayer. These are all things that we can pray for daily that we can all, I mean, these are things we should be going about every day. Man, our Father, man, your will be done today. Man, your provision today, forgiveness today, deliver us from evil. And then he says, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. What, is he, what does Jesus say? After we've done all those things, man, we give praise. Man, to who? To who? To that Father which we're praying to. Now, in, in this text, something that I really hadn't dug into, we've studied that part a lot, is the principles of prayer that are found in this chapter. Now, those are the way that we should pray. He lays it out here. But I want you to go back to verse number 5 and notice this. Notice this. And these are, I'm going to give you a couple things here, and they'll be on the, on, the, on the screen here. But he gives us some real principles about prayer. Now, there's times, have you figured out there's times that God doesn't always answer our prayer in the time that we want it? He doesn't always give us the answer that we want. And we're going to look at Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here Sunday. We're in Luke chapter number 1. We're going to look at a couple that have been praying something for years, and then God ends up answering it, not in their timing, but in God's timing. Don't miss Sunday, man. The Lord's given a message in that text, and I'm already I'm pumped up about it. I almost preached it tonight because I was fired up about it, okay? But look at, look at verse 5, the, the principles of, of prayer. Look at verse 5. And when thou prayest... So he's going to give us something about when we pray, he's going to give us some things we should do. Thou shalt not be as the, you got it open? The hypocrites are. For they love to pray, 
standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets. Why? You see what it says here? That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. The first thing I wrote out down about this as I was looking at this verse is, listen, as we go to the Lord in prayer, or whether it's corporately in church, which we know, listen, his house, Acts chapter number 1, chapter number 2, his house should be a house of prayer. Man, we should pray corporately. I'm thinking that, we sh- that that's a good thing. But private prayer is very important. And he, he's saying here, I believe in verse number 5, if we're not going to be hypocritical in our prayer, this is what I wrote down. First of all, our prayers must be genuine. We must be genuine in our prayers. We must pray genuinely. Not as the hypocrites, not to be seen of men, but, man, man, to get to really get an answer from God. I've used the illustration before. There was a fellow back in the day that I would ask to pray, and, uh, you know, he'd get up to pray, and he'd pray in the King James. You ever met anybody like that? And that's okay. If you want to use these and nows, that's your business. All right? But he'd get up to pray, and, man, you, you would talk to him in the foyer, and he would talk like a normal guy. And then he got up to pray. It's like something switch went off. You ever seen something like that? It's what it's talking about. Man, just be genuine in your prayer. Now, we understand it needs to be reverent. And it is a holy thing that we're doing. But we don't have to try to fake God out. Y'all realize that tonight? That's what he, the word hypocrite, man, it comes from that Greek word, which means to wear a mask. Listen, God already sees us for who we are. He knows everything that's going on in us, right? We don't have to try to fool him. Man, he knows. Man, I want to encourage you to be genuine because he says this, if, if we try to look more spiritual than we really are, and we're on the corners, the New Testament talks a lot about the hypocrites. Uh, you know, as they're fasting, they're going to walk around, oh, brother, I'm fasting, I just wish I could get some food, you know, and they're, they're looking all terrible, and oh, I'm so spiritual, I'm not eating anything, right, because I love God more than you. That's what they're trying to make you feel like. Man, he says, you know what, be genuine. Because if you're doing it to be seen of men, guess what? You have your reward. Man, you've already got what you've got your pat on the back. So he says, man, it's, it's to be genuine. But look at verse number 6. But when thou prayest, principles. First of all, genuine. But when thou, I love the Bible too. This stuff is straight from the text. Look at this, verse 6. But when thou prayest, enter into what? Thy closet. Now, you've heard of a prayer closet. Where do we get that term from? We get it from this verse. Enter into that closet. Now, he's not talking necessarily about going into your, your, your walk-in closet if you're so blessed to have one. I couldn't get in my closet. We don't have walk-in closet, okay? It'd be very uncomfortable for me to get in my closet. The idea here is this. It's, it's to pray genuinely. And then secondly, there must be times that we pray privately. That's what he's saying here. Going into your closet man that private time of prayer and i would dare say this if we're not praying privately man we shouldn't be praying publicly man if we're not praying privately man we shouldn't be up like verse number five praying publicly our private life if we're gonna have a sweet rich prayer time he says enter into thy closet man get alone with God and look what look what it says and when thou hast shut thy door that carries the idea of being alone just you and God having that place that closet that you go to and when thou hast shut thy door to pray to thy father in secret and thy father which is in seeth thee in secret this is awesome shall reward you openly man there's listen there are things that I believe that if we pray for in private God may bless in public. And if we never pray for him in private, he may never. I mean, that's what that's teaching us here. If we pray in private, man, he may bless us publicly. He may give us that need that we have. 
I would encourage you with this, if you don't have a place to go, that's your prayer closet. Man, I would encourage you to get one. Man, a place where you get alone with God. Man, where you can experience that relationship with Him. So pray genuinely. Pray privately. And look at verse number 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Man, I've been in some places where, man, it was making me nervous how they was praying, okay? Man, just begging and repeating the same thing over and over and over again. I would say this, man, and, and it may be random prayers or general, general prayers. Listen, this is what I, what I kind of take away from this verse is this. Pray specifically. If you have specific need, guess what we should do? Ask God for it. Man, if you need a specific need in your life, go into your prayer closet and ask God specifically to answer that prayer. It's kind of like this. You ever, you know, it's kind of like you ask your kids what they want for Christmas, and as they get older, it gets it may get easier or harder. But sometimes it just as you're an adult and you ask your spouse maybe what they want for Christmas, it gets harder and harder to buy for each other. I think. What do you want? I don't need anything. You know. And then we're still going to buy each other a Christmas gift, and then it's going to be something we don't want because we didn't specifically ask for something that we did. You see what I'm saying there? Wouldn't you rather, think about this, wouldn't you rather get something you really want than something you don't? Because you're going to get something anyway. So, like if Sarah, you know, if I don't tell her what, I, what I'm asking for, right, and I end up getting some sweater for Christmas, <laughs> you know, but if I specifically ask for something, what does she, and I know God knows all things, but he, even he wants us to ask specifically. Man, I want to encourage you, if you have a specific prayer, sometimes we'll think our prayers are too small or too big. Ask specifically for it. Man, I was praying this Sunday, and I, we're going to announce Sunday what God did through our offering for a specific number this Sunday. And if there was a specific number that I said, God, if you would just do this, this would just encourage me a little bit. Amen. you know, in your life, do you have something that just, just and it may not always be His will, but we still should ask, you have not, because why? You ask not. Man, I, and I don't know if this is true, and Steve and some of you theologians may correct me later. I often wondered this. I wonder if there's this room that God has, you know, with these answered prayers that he wanted to bless me with, but I have not. And I don't know. I'm not going to argue with about it. This is how my mind works sometimes. Because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Man, pray for that specific need. Man, in the will of God. Then look at verse number 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven. And notice what he says here. Hallowed be thy name. I mean, that speaks of reverence. Man, pray. I wrote this down. Pray reverently. And I'm not trying to be mean here, but man, it always bugs me when people refer to God as the man upstairs. This makes me cringe just a little bit. That's just me. I'm not here to judge you if that's what you do. But man, that's, man, he's a reverent God. He's a holy God. Man, he is, is everybody, man, pray reverently. Um, and I believe we don't have to, and to pray reverently doesn't mean we have to use that preacher voice, you know. Man, but we show fear, we show respect, we show, you know, if you respect someone, you talk to them in a certain way. Jesus isn't our homeboy, and I've heard people, you know, I've seen the teacher, Jesus is my homeboy, 
you know. And I understand the sentiment of that. He's a friend. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But, man, he's, a, he's God. He's a holy God. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God, by the way. It says this. I think sometimes we forget, yes, he's full of grace, and yes, he's full of love. But, he's hey, just as much as his grace sends this way, his justice and judgment swings this way. You understand that, right? If it's not for his judgment, his love isn't what it is. There's some people that are going to experience his judgment someday. It's grace and truth, okay? So we must understand that he is a holy God. Yes, he's a gracious God, but there must be a reverential hallowedness about his name. And then I like this. Look at verse 10 through 13 again. Thy kingdom come, thy will undone, thy will be done in earth. And this is interesting. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I like this. Man, he said, I wrote... I wrote one point down, I got three things under this, is pray dependently. Depend on God to do what you're asking Him. That's what faith is. I mean, the first thing he said here in verse number 10 is, man, the will of God, thy will be done. So I wrote this down. Man, pray to know the will of God. God, what is your will for this situation? Man, you ever had a time where you didn't know what God's... A lot of God's will is spelled out for us in Scripture, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of things that are just there. You don't have to question. You don't have to ask. They're in the Word of God. But then there's some other decisions that you and I have to make that, man, sometimes we need His wisdom, don't we? We need to know what His will is. James chapter 1, verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. So if I need to know God's will in a situation, rather than uh, rushing into it, rather than make a quick... How many of y'all ever made a bad decision quickly? Or made an emotional decision, and it was the wrong one. Man, two things that I try to do, and I'm not always the best at it, because, man, there's sometimes I just want to get something done. But, you know, many times on a big decision, what I've learned in my life is this. Many times there's two things that I want to do. I want to sleep on it, and I want to pray about it. Big financial decision. Sleep on it, and pray about it. If, it's, if it seems too good to be true, most of the time, it is. Sleep on it, and pray about it. God, is this your will? How about this? I see people that will move away somewhere, which is fine. We're not a cult. We ain't going to be mad at you. Somebody help me. But people that move away never one time stopping to pray and ask God, God, is this your will for my family? Change of jobs. Man, God, is this, God, would you give me peace about this? I mean, those type of decisions. Man, God, is this your will for us to know the will of God? And then look at verse number 11. Pray dependently. That'll lead you in his will. And we've already mentioned this. Verse number 11, give us this day our daily bread. Man, we need to pray dependently that he's going to provide those needs. That's what faith is. Listen, that's what faith is. Believing he's going to provide. Praying and believing. John R. Rice, the great evangelist of old, said this, prayer is asking and receiving. Sometimes we don't have that type of, we don't have that type of faith, do we? Man, asking and receiving. Man, pray dependently to obtain for provision and needs. And I love this one, verse 12. And forgive us our debts. Man, pray dependently knowing, and aren't you thankful for this, that when we ask for forgiveness, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, if you're, if you're struggling with sin and you have something that you know you're harboring, man, pray and ask God to forgive you of it. Aren't you thankful that when we ask Him for forgiveness, He always forgives us? Man, when we go to Him and we're honest with Him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Sometimes the biggest problem for us many times isn't that God hasn't forgiven us. It's that we haven't forgiven us. Man, I find myself, anybody else like that beating myself up over something from 15 years ago? Man, I can't tell how many times I'm sitting in that chair getting ready to preach Coleman. And Satan, the accuser of the brethren, 
wah, 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 wah. You're not good enough. Remember that time 20 years ago? Remember that time five weeks, you know, a month ago? Remember what that thought? Remember what you said? Remember that attitude? Listen, many times we have, to, we have to ask him forgiveness, and then we've got to forgive ourselves. I'm thankful that he is the great forgiver, and he always forgives us. And then verse number 13, as we're praying, look what he says. That I've quoted this and taught this a lot, because I think this is one of the things we miss. Look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation. Man, ask him to lead us or to overcome temptation. You've heard me teach us Why? Why should we ask him? That we, like, we don't even see temptation. Because if we see it, many times we're going to fall for it. So instead of saying, God, help me overcome temptation, maybe we pray this. Lord, help me not to even have any temptation. Lord, when I'm walking, when I wake up and need to go to the restroom at 2 in the morning, and i got to walk through that kitchen, and there's some Krispy Kremes left over from earlier, it's better if I don't even walk by there. Because if I walk by there, guess what's going to happen? Those, those jokers are disappearing. Somebody help me. And that you know, and I know that's a dumb illustration, but you know, sometimes sin in our lives is the same way. If it's there and if it's in front of us, many of us are going to fall. That's why I believe He puts us in here, Lord. Today, help me not even to help temptation not to even be in front of me. Don't even allow it to come my way. I mean, those are some practical things to know the will of God, to ob- obtain provisions and needs, to secure our forgiveness, to get that, for, and to overcome temptation. Pray, listen, dependently. Now, in Scripture, there's some interesting things. You know, there are times and there are things that will cause God not to hear our prayers. Y'all realize that? I want to read a couple verses to you. Let me just give you some. These are something for you to think about. Maybe you've been praying for something and you don't feel like you're getting peace or you feel like you're getting answers. Now, sometimes God just wants us to wait. I've experienced that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But there's some specific things that if they're in our lives, not Jake, but the Word of God says, man, they can hinder our prayers. The first one sometimes could be selfish motives. James 4.3, ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust. You know, the Bible speaks much of motive when it comes to prayer and when it comes to Christian service. Now, a lot of times at weddings, people want me to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, charity, uh, if you're in the King James, love and everything else, same thing, okay? That love chapter. But you know what that love chapter is actually about? It's not talking about the marriage relationship. It's talking about spiritual gifts. And the first verse in chapter number 13 says this. If you're, you can be serving God, you can be using your gifts, you can be doing what God's called you to do, but if your motive is wrong, it's like those pots and pans that are clanging together. It says this. If you don't have charity, it's like, it's like those symbols that are coming together. Man, I wonder how many times our motives have been wrong in our service or in our prayers. Man, we've got to check our motives, selfish motives. Let me give you another one. Turning away from Scripture, Proverbs 28, 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, shall be an abomination. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? Man, rejecting Scripture, turning away from God's Word, but still wanting the blessings, okay? Man, he says even his prayer shall be an abomination. Here's another one. This is a tough one. Some of these get really hard for us. An unforgiving heart. Oh, man, that's a tough one sometimes. Mark eleven twenty five. When you stand praying, and it's in our text as well, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That's some tough stuff there. If I want forgiveness, guess what I need to do? I need to forgive someone. 
Man, that thing that I'm holding against somebody, man, if I've experienced this forgiveness, I need it. Now, that's hard. That's where in the Christian life, sometimes the Christian life, when it starts getting like this stuff, like anybody can like dress like right, anybody can follow all these rules. This is where it gets tough. Forgive somebody that's wronged you so that your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Let me just ask you this. I wonder sometimes if bitterness doesn't cause God to separate from us, but causes us sometimes to separate from God. I mean, that's a tough thing. I'll just encourage you with this. Man, if you have bitterness towards someone, and I've told you this before, you're only hurting yourself. Bitterness is the only poison that we'll choose to drink, and it's killing us. I mean, we'll choose it every day if we're not careful. Man, an unforgiving heart. Man, that bitterness. Here's another one. This one's tough. First Peter 3, 7. Marital discord. That can cause God not to hear your prayers. Let me read it. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, that your prayers be not hindered doesn't say listen says listen this marriage relationship needs to be right so that your prayers aren't hindered i found that one interesting that he included it there my relation here there's two great parts to the christian life and this goes with the marital relationship this goes with the forgiveness we were talking about there's two great parts of the christian life there's our relationship with god and there's a relationship with others listen to me if our relationship with others ain't right guess what our relationship with god's not right that's hard sometimes. That's hard for me. There's times in my life where I've experienced that. Unforgiveness. Man, problems. Unnecessary division. Man, I've got to get those things right so that this can be right. Man, I've got to make sure that marital relationship is right so that this can be right. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Man, unconfessed sin. We've already talked about it. Every day part of our prayer life should be confection. Another one I wrote down is this, doubting God, James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and the toss. This is what I wrote to myself after I studied this just little section. You know, you know the only person that can hinder your prayers? <coughs> the only person that can hinder your prayers is you. Man, if my prayer life is struggling, it's not my wife's fault. It's not my friend's fault. It's not my boss's fault. It's not my co-worker's fault. It's not my employee's fault. Man, it's not my kid's fault. Man, if my prayer life suffers, guess whose fault it is? It's my fault. Man, I'm the only one that can. So I need to examine these things. Man, God, it, man do I have selfish motives? Man, am I faithful to Scripture? Have I forgiven? Man, is my relationship, my marriage relationship right? Do I have unconfessed, unconfessed sin? Am I doubting God? Or do I really believe that He can answer these prayer man so here, here's a couple things we'll be done tonight i want to give you and these aren't going to be on the screen but um how to spend time in personal worship and prayer these are some practical things i mean if i'm gonna have great faith the first one is just begin with proper preparation we talked about earlier establish a time and a place to meet with god it should be a secluded place let me read something about jesus what he did luke chapter 15 or chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 but so much the more he went there, fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him and their infirmities. And this is what he did. After he went to church, after he healed, after he had fellowship, he withdrew himself in the wilderness. And guess what even Jesus did? He prayed. He got away from everybody and he prayed. Sometimes that's just hard, isn't it? Man, if you got kids and you got family, man, I can't go to a place in my house without a dog following me. Anybody else like, I can't go to the bathroom without a stupid dog trying to get in there, you know? Sometimes we just have people all around us all the time. Sometimes we, we gotta, we've got to, it's uncomfortable. Two things that I found are uncomfortable for a lot of people. Silence 
and being alone. You heard, you've seen when I've done this before. Silence, if I were to go silent in this room right now and just stood and stared at you for the next five minutes. Jeremy's going to leave, see? It's awkward, isn't it? Sometimes just we live in such a noisy society. We live in a noisy world. You know, we need to find a place where it's just quiet. So I thank God we live in a pretty quiet area. If you've ever lived in the city, y'all, we are blessed here. I'm telling you, if you walk out here at night, it's quiet. Brother Wallace, Dr. Wallace, my pastor, stopped by uh, one Wednesday night, uh, the night that some unmentionable person hit the power line out here, and we had no power. See here tonight, where's he at? Josh, you back there. Praise the Lord, brother. We were going to have a bonfire service that night. And our electric was out, so we had to cancel church. And I didn't know my preacher from Texas was in town. And so I had a couple things going against me. We were canceling church. We're having a bonfire on Wednesday night. You just don't do that. Somebody help me tonight. I mean, it, I was just doing everything wrong. I'm just kidding. He's gracious. But he got here, and everybody was gone. And we're just kind of hanging out here on this porch. And he goes, Jake. And some of y'all got to meet him when he was here. He goes, the silence is deafening out here is what he would say. He was uncomfortable because it was so quiet. I mean, we can be that way sometimes. We've always got earphones in. I mean, you go to the gym, you can't talk to anybody because they got earphones in. I mean, you go, you, you know, you go anywhere you go. People are on their phones, and they got their headphones in. We're always listening to something. We're always looking at something. We're listening to podcasts. We're listening to music. We got the radio on. I mean, I'm in my office and I'm playing Spotify Christmas music. You know what I'm saying? We just there's no quiet time sometimes. And I believe that sometimes because of that, we're so distracted and we don't just think and we don't just focus on the Lord. Even Jesus had to go to that solitary place where it was just quiet. Can I just ask you this as we move on? When's the last time you were in an environment where there's just no noise? Where it's just you and God and you just talk for a little bit? Where you just maybe not even talked. How about this one? This is where it's hard. Maybe where you just listened. Mm, that's hard sometimes. Man, he went into that solitary place. No distractions. Man, it'll become a special place. Something else I wrote down here is ask God to search your heart as you come into his presence. The psalmist wrote this in the 139th Psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And look what the psalmist said. This is hard to do. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You ever just ask God that? God, is there anything in my life that I just need to get rid of? Lord, is, I mean, I'm really here talking about the heart. Are my motives right, God? Are my motives in service right? Are my motives in church right? You know, I believe a lot of times we come to church with the wrong motive. We come because we just do it. It's just something we do. Instead of to hear from God, to be ministered to and to minister to others. God, is there anything in me that you need to cleanse me of? God, is there any, and this goes to the forgiveness thing. God, is there... You see, we're really good. I'm, the, I'm really good at praying. i got a prayer list that's like 15 pages long. Go through it every day. I'm really good at praying for everybody else. Praying for everybody else's burdens, everybody else's sin problems. You know where I struggle sometimes? My own. Man, God, is there anything in me that, Lord, you need to change? Well, this is what I found. Prayer, and you've heard this quote, prayer doesn't just change things. Guess what prayer ends up doing? It ends up changing me. I found in my life when my prayer life struggles, my humility and pride's backwards. When I spend the time with the Lord, man, it's a place of humility. Man, it's a place of, you know, it's just a, it just puts you in a different place. You have, a, you have peace. I found this, you have a lot more grace with others. 
Man, I'll have times where I get busy and I'm, I get out of my morning routine where I spend time with the Lord. And those are the days where I'm the shortest. When I don't mean by height. I mean in my speech and in the way that I talk and how I treat other people. How many of y'all figured out when you're tired many times? Man, you get busy. This time of year is a busy time of year. But what a special time of year where we should be spending time with the Lord in that secret place, in that quiet place. I encourage you, and I know it's a couple days already in, but man, get an Advent book or an Advent calendar, and each day just work through that. Another book um, that, I, that I've been going through for a couple years now, and I'm forgetting the name of it at the moment. I wish I didn't. It's a Puritan prayer book, and I know that's weird, but each day it's a different prayer that you just read and that, that these guys would write in the, the, the 1800s. And, man, it's just very, very, very good stuff. I'll think of it. Matt, do you remember the name of that one? I've given it. Yep, The Valley of Vision. It's called The Valley of Vision. And, man, get a book like that, or you ever heard of My Utmost for His Highest, if you struggle, a book like that, or a devotional, or uh, if you all remember Kenny Kuykendall, who came and preached here, he has a great prayer journal. That's something that I went through over a, a few-month period, and just stuff like that. Sometimes, If you struggle, just like we talked about Sunday morning with our Bible reading, remember, there's so many things. You know your prayer life's the same way. Man, you can, you can do what you want to do with it, but it takes some structure sometimes, and it takes us, listen, it takes us asking God to search us. Uh, something else I wrote is possess the correct attitude as you begin your time of personal prayer and worship. You say, Jake, what do you mean like this? An attitude of expectancy, expecting God to answer it. Let me just ask you this maybe. When's the last time you just seen God answer a prayer? When's the last time you prayed something and God answered it? Man, I love tracking that stuff just because I can see it. I sent, uh, sent Coleman, started praying for Coleman last year, I think it was a year ago, about your house situation. It's in my prayer journal. I was able to mark that off, send him a picture. He's been praying for one year. We saw an answered prayer. If I wouldn't have documented that, I wouldn't even have thought about it. You know? I mean, that's something that's helped me, and that's why I'm sharing that with you. I mean, just keeping track of that, reading over it every single day, expectancy. An attitude of reverence, an attitude of alertness. How about this one? An attitude of obedience. God, if there is something you need me to do, I'm willing to obey. Isn't that what real faith is? Man, when we take that action, man, when we put, we put works behind our faith, there's people that talk a good game, but then what is it? There's people that play a good game. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to be one that, and when it comes to the Lord, not just talking about prayer, but being a person that actually pray. You ever heard somebody say, well, I'll pray for you, brother. Well, what's my name? Brother? You know? Man, if somebody asks you to pray for them, and I've gotten better at this, I'm still not where I should be. When somebody says, hey, will you pray for me? Man, put that thing down and actually pray for them. Man, when you're in your small group, which I'm looking forward to, I love our small groups. And we have two that meet right now on Sunday mornings. Um, and then on Tuesday nights right now, I just want to put a plug in for them. Our young adults are meeting at Pastor Collins. He had 14 there last night having Bible study at his house. Um, Sunday mornings, Andy and Kayla leave a, a, a couple's a marriage group at, uh, down at Fellowship Hall. How many? Yep, you know, 20 to 30 every single week down there. Pray together and they take prayer requests. Jeremy and uh, Doug, and, um, they have a, a class at the, during the second service down there man, where you can pray for each other. In those moments when we do prayer requests, man, write those things down and actually pray for each other. Man, text that person during the week and say, hey, prayed for you today. You know, that, that, that's what this is all about. That's what community is about. That's what the, 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 the base camp and the small group is all about is getting together, getting to carry each other's burdens, praying for each other. I don't know about you, but I thank God when people pray for me. I mean, I love that. You know how you feel when you know somebody's praying for you? That's how other people feel if they know you're praying for them. Man, be a person of prayer. Man, and I want to encourage you with that. That's, that's a big deal, and that's a good thing, an attitude of obedience. And this last one, this is the hardest one for me. Last thing that I wrote down is, is studying on this about faith is this learn to, and I, I have to think so much on it because it's hard. 
Learn to wait on God. Learn to wait on God. How many of y'all would agree that waiting is one of the worst things in the world? Waiting at a restaurant? Waiting at a red light? Waiting for these last six minutes to go by so we can go home? I saw y'all looking at y'all watch already. Waiting. We hate to wait. I hate it. Man, I, if there's a way to pay $10 and not have to wait, I'm just going to confess, probably going to do it. If, the, I see, if I see five brake lights going in front of me on 77, I'm going to pay the $1.46. Somebody help me tonight. Get in out of the way. I'm going to. I hate it. You know what I found in my Christian life, too? There's times where I'm coming to God and I hate waiting on Him. Because we are a generation and we're a world that is, listen, we are filled with instant gratification. And I like, some of it's good. There's some things that are good. Man, I like the fact that I, I ain't got to go shopping to go Christmas shopping. Somebody help me tonight. But, you know, sometimes that can be terrible. Hitting those Amazon things. You get home, you got a pile up to here. Them jokers, are, they, they delivered a package to our house at 1130 the other night, didn't they? 1130, somebody about to get shot. Coming down that road, if you know where my driveway is, there's no reason to be coming down that road at 1130. You ain't going there unless you, I, I went out there. You can ask her. I went out there, and I ain't going to say what I had in my hands and what was about to happen. She was just as scared as I was. That's all I'm saying when I got out there, 1130 at night. But, man, we, we, we are instant gratification. You can order, we can order coffee on Amazon. This is fact. And we live over here, and people coming from Charlotte deliver this stuff. We can order coffee in the morning, and it's there by night. Instant gratification. We hate to wait, you know. I, t- I tell our staff, I ask Matt to do something, he'll tell you this. Matt, do I like to wait? <laughs> I hate it. So do you. We hate waiting. But you know, sometimes it's part of God's plan for us. I mean, I wish somebody write a check for a million dollars. We put this, well, that wouldn't even cover the whole building, but we put the part of this building up. But you know what God teaches me? We got to wait. There's times we got to wait. I mean, I, we're going to see Sunday that Zacharias and uh, uh, his wife Elizabeth, man, had prayed for, they had prayed for a, a child and she was barren. They had to wait. Man, there's people for healing. Sometimes we got to wait. Melvin today, as I looked at him, as he's laying there, come on, tell you. He said, I, I'm praying that God will take me now. It ain't God's time yet, Melvin. And now it's coming soon, but it ain't yet. We, you got to wait. And he really meant it. He wasn't, he was sincere. He was ready to be perfectly healed. He was tired of it. Man, that, that's part of the Christian life. Man, as we get older, man, the more I'm around older saints of God, they're, they're ready. They're ready to go. I've talked to them, man. They're ready to be in His presence. But sometimes that's not God's plan. He ain't done yet. Man, waiting on the Lord. Let me give you a couple verses on this and we'll be done tonight. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Love this verse. You know it. You probably quote it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, just waiting. That's where that strength comes from many times. You know, how many of you figured out this? When I, when I try to not wait and manipulate it and rush it and do it on my own, it, nothing good comes from that. Waiting on the Lord, man, He can answer that prayer. I say this, if you've been praying for something for a long time, just keep waiting on Him. Keep trusting Him. Martin Luther says this, as it, as it is the business of the tailor to make clothes, and as it is the business of the cobbler to make shoes, it is the business of the Christian to pray, every single one of us. So I want to ask you this. As we close now, you know I want to just give you a challenge. This week already, for you to think about it in your life, and I'm preaching to myself. I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. This week, this past, it's Wednesday night. 
this Monday. We're halfway through this week. Praise God. Almost to be at Christmas before y'all know it. Some of y'all need to start praying. <laughs> Amen. You get your Christmas shopping done. But th- this past Monday, when we think about this, we had wonderful services Sunday all day. Sunday night, Sunday morning, we had great services. Man, we left here. We leave church fired up. Man, we're ready to go. Packed out crowds. God's working. Spirit's moving. This past Monday, did you have a time where you prayed? You want to have great faith? That's where it starts. This past Tuesday, did you have a time where you just prayed to God? Wednesday, today, did you have a time before even church where you just prepared your heart and prayed? I don't know about you. How many of y'all have some needs tonight? I know I do, man. Man, I got some, we got some family members right now. We got a family member fighting cancer right now. We got friends right now going through some stuff. Man, I, I, I was looking at my list today just in our church. The burdens, man. Cancer, health issues. My phone yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I'm just telling you, was blowing up. Just with people going through stuff. Not crazy, but just many people going through. A lot of people got burdens. Many of you have burdens. Man, we got to pray. We got to be people of prayer. Man, that's what the church, that's what church is all about. A house of prayer. Place of prayer. Encouraging each other through prayer. Prayer will change you, I'm telling you. So I want to challenge you. If you're one of those people, maybe Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, right now you say, Jake, I didn't pray. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I did the rub-a-dub flub. Thank you for the grub prayer this week, you know, for my food. But I hadn't had a time this week where I just got in the presence of God and worshiped and confessed, asked. Man, I want to challenge you. Tomorrow, tonight, I remember, uh, I remember when Caitlin was little. And if you're a young parent, I'd encourage you to do this. We prayed with her every night. Probably should still be doing it. I remember every night we'd pray before bed. She was a baby. And she got older. I'd get a little busier. And Sarah would get a little busier. And just things are going on. And we get home and go to bed and not pray together. And I remember her about four or five years old. She'd come knocking on that door. And she'd say this. Are we going to pray tonight? And I got under conviction. Y'all probably heard me share this. Because that five-year-old was having a more consistent prayer life than I was. Because it was cute when she was little, but she got older and we got busier. You see what I'm saying? Man, may we be people that that's just part of our lives. It's who we are. That's what we do. Man, people of prayer. That's, that's what great faith's all about. Praying, asking, 